On Pop Fiction Women, we explore what it means to be a complicated woman. Tired of endless variations of leading men next to one-dimensional archetypes of women, or strong female leads written by men that were essentially guys in women's bodies. We started this show to highlight the many female characters in entertainment worth exploring, as well as the women who dreamt them up. And now we're adding those creators to our conversations, discussing their process and passion in bringing these women to life. Welcome to Complicated Conversations. On these episodes, there's no spoilers. So come on, it's starting. On today's episode of Complicated Conversations, we are thrilled to be joined by Natasha Sislow. Natasha has written for Variety, Cosmo, Detour, and Shape, among others. By day, she is a real estate agent at The Agency. She lives in Los Angeles with her two children. Her memoir, All Signs Point to Paris, is out now. Welcome to Pop Fiction Women, Natasha. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, so as our name suggests, we do tend to stick to fiction. But when we heard about your memoir, we had to make an exception. Tell us what All Signs Point to Paris is about. Oh, okay. Well, um, it really kind of is my story of a second chance at love, I guess, um, and life. Mm -hmm. And so in 2018, I was really at an all-time low in my life. Um, I was divorced. I was single, um, parenting two kids, broke. Um, I was freshly heartbroken um, from a relationship after my divorce. Um, My dog had just died. Like, it was really... The hits kept coming, yeah. Yeah, the hits really kept coming. And then I found out that my dad had just been given a few months left to live. He had a terminal illness. Mm. And I was just at my real kind of didn't know where to turn. So my best friend um, who love her to my core, have known her, you know, since, you know, for 25 years. And but she's real out there in my mind at that time. (laughs) She's like always coming up with, you know, she's like on the spiritual woo-woo kind of LA side of it all, right? And so she wanted to gift me an astrology reading for my 44th birthday. And I think, you know, any mention of that before, you know, that year, I would have automatically said, come on, Nicole, you know, you know, that's not my thing. You know, you go off to Burning Man, you go off yeah. with the crystal. Like, you know, I love you. I love you. I'm not judging you, but it's not for me. But that year I decided to say yes. Mm-hmm. And that astrology reading changed my whole life. It yeah. was completely unexpected. Um, it was not at all what I thought it was going to be. And Long story short, which we can talk about, yes. whatever you want to talk yes. about, but yes. it led me on this magical journey to Paris to track down every person, every man and every person I could find born on November 2nd, 1968, whom my astrologer has said was in line with my point of destiny, the one, my soulmate, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and so that's what I, I did. I went to Paris and I tried to track down every single person that I could find. And I went on this crazy adventure and lots oh, of... Well, that's... Yes, we love that. Also, amazing that the astrologer didn't say like Antarctica or, you know, yeah. some... I know, I know. You got one of the most magical cities in the world. That was yeah, amazing. I kind of lucked out with that. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It. It's true. But I think I would have, you know... Done it, gone, yeah. 
Yeah. I, Wherever. I yeah, I, I wasn't, I was really, I mean, it was also a story of grief. I was grieving at the same time. Yeah. So I just kind of lost any sense of what I was doing and just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. 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 To whatever. Okay, good. I yeah. mean, I just have to start by saying that when we heard about this book, we were like, we, like Corinne said, we had to make an exception. We've done some memoirs, but not many. And this just was for us the perfect book um, in terms of the topics as you've just described, the things you were exploring. I do want to read a little from your blurb, uh, the book blurb. It was, it's described as propulsive, touching, and darkly funny. All Signs Point to Paris is the story of one woman's search for a second chance at love with a dusting of astrological magic. Unforgettable and inspiring, Natasha's journey reveals what can happen when you ask the universe for what you want and are brave enough to open your heart when the answer finally comes. And that just summarizes all the things we love. Uh, Second chance love stories, astrology, seeking answers from the universe, being open to finding yourself in the process. And we are literally going to talk about all those things, I think. But for me, I felt like the real beating heart of this story was your father. Um, And you mentioned you were grieving and is someone who has also, who was also very close to her father and also lost him to a terminal illness. Um, I was especially interested in the ways that grief really drove this, this soulmate search and, and your, and your story. So do you think you would have embarked on this journey if, if he hadn't supported it? Like if your father hadn't said you should always believe in magic and never give up on love. First, I'm really sorry to hear about your father. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, I think my dad was a huge part of all of this. Um, Mm. this, you know, so to kind of explain it, I guess, um, I had made this decision, you know, um, that I was going to find every single man that was born on November 2nd, but I, I kind of just, this idea popped into my head and then I took, um, uh, I had to go see my dad. He had two weeks left to live and he was calling a family meeting to discuss how he wanted to go. And my dad was all about facts and logic. And he went to MIT and he believed in, he didn't believe in religion. He didn't want to have, you know, any kind of mention of religion at, you know, when he died or spirituality, like there's no way, nothing, none of that. And so when I went to go see him um, in his final days to, you know, talk about him leaving this planet or his body or whatever you want to kind of Mm -hmm. sum up death as, which has changed for me over the course of this. And, um, you know, my sister asked me to lighten the mood because it was a real heartbreaking moment. You know, my father had been married to my mom for 56 years, 56. And, uh, he was crying. He didn't want to leave her. He promised that he would always take care of her. And I'd never seen my dad cry. My sister, you know, turned to me and said, you know, you got to lighten things up. And so I told him my quote unquote crazy idea to go off and um, go to Paris to find every man I could find because of this astrologer. And I told him the whole thing and I was trying to lighten and brighten him. But I also was worried that, I mean, he was really not in a good state physically. Um, He had pulmonary fibrosis and he was having a hard time breathing and a hard time speaking and a hard time eating and, you know, all the hard things. And, uh, 
And he said to me, um, sounds like you're going to Paris. I'll meet you there. And that was one of the last things that he said to me. And it was, I'm going to cry. He was one of the, the most beautiful gifts, I think, that anybody's ever given me in my life. Because after he passed away, it was so hard. Mm -hmm. um, it was just real hard. And I think I couldn't get off the couch. I couldn't get off the floor. I mean, it was just, and I was trying to parent two kids and I had a job and, you know, you have to get up, yeah. you have mm -hmm. to do these things. Mm -hmm. And at some moment, that voice reminded me, you know, he said he would meet you in Paris, you know, and, and my sister had promised in that moment that she would come with me. And I told her, I said, we're doing this, you know, I, I'm, I'm really doing this. And she thought I was crazy. And there's a whole, there's a whole, yeah. my sister thinks I'm crazy <laughs> thread in my whole life. By the way. <laughs> my poor sister. <laughs> but if I didn't have that, no, yeah. I don't, well, I don't, you don't know, right? I right. know right. it was in any moment that I started doubting myself and thinking, what I'm doing is too weird. It is too crazy. I did get called a lot of crazy things during this. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, people actually rooted me on and they thought it was kind yeah. of like, I didn't even know, understand why people were rooting me on, but they were. But there were definitely, as, as in life, right? Yeah. The haters and people who kind of wanted to tell me what I was doing was a really terrible idea. And when those voices of doubt, real ones are ones that I had in my own head, came in, I just kind of remembered that promise that my dad made. And it was so unusual for him to say something like mm, that, being yeah. a man that I thought was of facts and logic and science yeah. and, you know, and so I had to listen to it. And mm -hmm. it not, it didn't just change my whole life in terms of sitting here with you. Um, and telling this story, but it changed my relationship with my sister. Mm. It changed my understanding of myself. Yeah. It changed um, everything, everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. It changed yeah. my relationship with my mother. I mean, it just, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's funny, the words we speak, somebody once told me the words we speak are magic spells. Mm. And, and it's true. It's one sentence that he said, I'll meet you there. It's, oh, and it stayed it, with it, you. In a state. Yeah. You never know what, and so our words are important. Yeah. 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 So it sounds like you shared a little bit of that skepticism uh, about astrology in the beginning. Maybe, maybe you're not quite as science and logic oriented as your dad, or maybe you do think you are, but you were definitely a skeptic. And as you were talking about when Nicole gifted you this, you were like, eh, that's not me. So how has your relationship to astrology evolved? And by the way, I should say, you don't have to be into astrology at all to yeah. love and adore this yeah. memoir. Mm -hmm. you, it's, it's a bonus if you do, but you don't have to at all. So what has your relationship been to astrology and, and how has it evolved from the beginning to the end? I mean, it's evolved in every way because I didn't, I was a, firm non-believer. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when I went into that reading with Stephanie, I told her, I said, just so you know, I don't believe in astrology. Stephanie Jordan, that's the name yeah. of my astrologer. And she says, that's okay. You don't have to. And I thought, okay. <laughs> and I was just kind of waiting for it to end, you know, the reading. I'm like, what am I doing? And, and she just, it was so different than what I had the stereotype of what a reading with an astrologer would be. And I don't know if that's specific to Stephanie or if that's really 
universal because I really only speak with Stephanie Jordan. And um, I mean, this only happened four, four years ago now, I think almost. So maybe it was five years. Anyways. Yeah. So it's changed everything, but I really changed almost in those first five minutes of speaking to her because she knew things that just defied logic about, and, and maybe, and that's the thing about astrology too. It's not, it's not a, she was not a fortune teller or predicting the future, but it was a way of understanding myself. I mean, there were things that undeniably she knew. She knew about the way that I dress. She knew that, you know, after telling me that I was a Libra with a Pisces rising and a Pluto power alien, like she was saying all these bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. My, there's so much to astrology. So much. Yeah. But it's almost like my cell phone. I don't know how it works, but I still use it. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yes. I understand there's a little more science behind that than astrology, but the point of this book to your, to your question and to your point isn't to prove whether astrology is real or not real. It's just my experience with it and how it changed my whole life. And so while I don't live my life, you know, only by the advice, quote unquote, of an astrologer, when something resonates, I listen to it. And it's a way, I think astrology to me is a mirror so we can see our inner world And it was a way for me to find acceptance of who I am because we all have all these different elements and different signs in our chart. And it's a way of kind of accepting who you are and all of your quirks. Yes. Oh, I love that. that. You know what? (laughs) This accepting, but also, you know, I, I have had astrological readings too. And I had an astrologer say something to me once about, you know, what your deepest wound is. And, you know, he started describing it and he said to me, so I tell you this so you know you're not crazy, meaning what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, that's real. Like that is, comes from past lives, from is in your chart. And you're right. It's, you can then accept that this, some of these things are, are really who you are. And I, we completely agree with you in terms of using it as a way to understand ourselves. And that's why it's sort of a side obsession on our podcast too, because we use it when we analyze characters even, or, um, or talk to other authors. And, and it's always just as a tool of trying to understand others and ourselves. And so we always say to people like, forget, I told you it came from astrology. If you are a skeptic or you don't believe it, but did what I just say resonate with you? Well, yeah. I'm like, okay, well then who cares? It's because you're a Pisces or you're a whatever. So, but, but one of the areas that I really, as much as we have sort of done the deep dive that I was not as familiar with was the houses um, on my chart. And I joked with Corinne that I was never going to finish your memoir because I kept stopping at every chapter because yours are broken down by the 12 houses to then go see where my, you know, fifth house was, where my sixth house was. So I kept doing all these deep dives. Um, But again, it was helping us then further understand yet another layer of ourselves um, through the houses. And so how did you, did you always know you were going to structure the book using the 12 houses of the Zodiac? It's such a good question, actually, because no, the answer was no. I remember I was standing in my bedroom and I was, it was during the pandemic, I started writing this. um, I wrote two chapters and um, kind of 
wasn't sure if I actually had it in me to be a writer again. I was a writer in my 20s and I had given it up. Um, And I had given up a lot in terms of like myself. And I really had a lot of inner struggles and I just thought I would never return to that again. I didn't have a lot of faith in my ability to write or my ability or even my worthiness of telling a story or sharing a story or speaking out loud. You know, um, I remember one, I studied writing in, in college and I remember my professor told me, you know, write what you know. And I thought, well, I've failed at everything in life. I don't know anything. I was so down on myself. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so when I started writing this, I wrote the first two chapters and it just kind of came out and I thought, oh, wow, I really have this story that I, all of a sudden I realized I could do this. And I, it felt like going, coming home, you know, because I mm-hmm. started writing at such a young age at 15. And anyway, so with the, I thought, how would I structure this book? And it just like kind of came from this, I don't, I don't know much about astrology. So, but I know that there's 12 houses that, well, I don't know, it just came from nowhere. And I asked my agent what she thought about that idea. She said, well, that's interesting. And so I thought, well, how would I structure it that way? I'd have to, you know, talk to my astrologer and and learn about the 12 houses because I don't understand them. I'm not an astrologer. I'm not an authority on this. And so I said, you know, Stephanie, would you be open to advising me on the 12 houses in my chart? And so each chapter in my book opens with a summary of, you know, the starting, you know, from one to 12. And she really advised me and I just edited them down. And as she was writing them, I was like, well, this is so weird because it's lining up with, I mean, it just lined up perfectly Mm -hmm. with my story. And I was, it it was just this kind of outside weird thing that happened. You know, Mm. it wasn't planned. It just kind of, you know, she, she didn't know what I was writing in each chapter and how my, you know, memoir was going to be. She so it was just kind of a weird thing that came together, like so many parts. Yeah. Yeah, like so fate. Many, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. when did you, you started writing it when you were back, but during the pandemic, how did you just decided to sit? I mean, there is that beautiful line from Stephanie who tells you, you know, this story is about a search for love. It's about grief. It's about so many things. But she says, your point of destiny is to tell a story. Yeah. So when did you start doing that? And how did you know I can go, I can, I can finish this. I can do this. Yeah. When someone tells you what your point of destiny is, I mean, you can't help, but like, (laughs) you gotta listen to that, right? Especially she told me so many things in that reading that actually were true. She knew my father was ill. She knew that I was a former writer. She knew about certain moments in my life where like I almost drowned. So she knew so much that I thought, Ooh, she's telling me what my point of destiny is. Like, I have to look at that, but I was afraid to. And I, mm-hmm. and I also was in the middle of grieving and searching for love and looking for my soulmate and being a mother and doing all these things. So I didn't really think about it, but it did probably strike a chord. And then, mm. well, I started documenting on Instagram, which I had never really used Instagram as a place to write anything. Um, I was using it, you know, to, I'm a real estate agent. I put houses on it. I put pictures of my kids, you know, just regular things, but I started kind of writing little tiny pits on my Instagram page that was used to try to track down all these people, which I was doing targeted advertising in Paris. Like, I don't know, I was doing all this crazy stuff. And so I started writing in little tiny snippets on Instagram. And then I think when I was at the Shakespeare and Company bookstore in Paris, that was the first moment where I thought, 
I, I want I want to write again. You know, I, I it was like that was something that meant something to me when I was younger, and still still was there that 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 writer's heart was still there. You know, mm-hmm. and so I came back from this trip and I scattered my father's ashes on the ocean and I received an email out of nowhere from a literary agent and she had found my Instagram or heard about my story through like six degrees away of people that we don't Mm, we didn't know each other she had somehow discovered me and I thought well that's weird too (laughs) (laughs) you know I mean it's so strange all of this is really strange. It seems like it's um, orchestrated or calculated, but it wasn't at all. You I can't orchestrate this. You can't. No. If you tried, it wouldn't work. <laughs> no, if I tried, it would have been like yeah. a huge mess. Yeah. yeah. And so it took me a while to, you know, she told me, she said, she's wonderful. Um, and she said, you know, I love this journey you've been on. And I think that there's a story in you. If you would ever consider writing a book, you know, this is who I am, but didn't put any pressure on me. Actually asked for my astrologer's information. She was a non-believer as well. She got a reading with Stephanie and I thought, well, that's cool. Like, you know, I mean, I'm in LA and I sell real estate. Like it was so intimidating (laughs) and it still is, but about, took me about six months to really kind of say, okay. And it was the pandemic um, because you know, every, I have a pretty, pretty serious case of ADD and I have a real hard time sitting still. And so once, you know, my work had come to a screeching halt, you know, everything was shut down, the hiking trails, the beaches. The only thing I could do was really look at my computer Mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, let me try this. And that's when, that's when I really started. And that's kind of how the journey started. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Gosh. (laughs) Um, so we've already discussed how we use astrology, which is like we said, is this sort of tool. And I read on your Instagram, you said, as I've gotten older, I'm much more open to anything that has the potential to inspire or lead me to a better version of myself. And we wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment as well. And so in addition to astrology, um, I did read that you also pull a tarot card every morning. And that oh. seemed to be the one last woo-woo um, frontier that Corinne and I had not yet explored. And we kept having all these authors come on and bring up the tarot and bring up the tarot. I mean, over and over. And so I had bought the book, I had bought a pack, but it just sat there. And just recently, as in like a few weeks ago, after another author interview where another woman said something about the tarot, I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta just try this. And it has been a mind blowing experience for me. But so I want to hear more about it, how you use it. Um, but really, like, you know, any of these tools that you have that you feel like yeah. have helped you just understand yourself better, which I think is what we're all trying to do. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the the goal is that we understand each other and that we that I try to expand and have more capacity for love, kindness, mm-hmm. and acceptance. Um so, yeah, every morning, I mean, when I wake up, I try to do like a mini meditation, which was something I never did before. And I have a real hard time doing it still because I am a real bouncy person and so sitting mm-hmm. still like I prefer to meditate while I'm hiking or being in nature, but I try to, before I start my day, kind of um, 
you know, list everything in my head that I'm grateful for and just take a moment to like kind of set an intention for that day. Um, and then, yeah, I pull a card and recently I've been pulling from um, the Untamed Element, the Un Untamed Elemental, I think it's called, Tasia Van Rie's, uh tarot deck, but I have like 10 of them and I, you know, it kind of just depends on, yeah, I kind of change it up or I don't really think it, about it too much. And, you know, you just kind of go to that guidebook and see, because all of the tarot decks typically come with a guidebook where you can kind of reference the card that you pull and it always seems to, whether it speaks to something that's on in my mind or leading with kindness or having faith or, you know, just kind of seeing, I pull a ladybug. What does a ladybug mean? And it just somehow opens me up to something I hadn't been thinking before. And it's all good. There's nothing, you know, so whether that's just, um, I mean, I also, okay. So Stephanie, my astrologer. She also told me that my, like, yes. that I, she's like, there's dead people in your house. You don't know they're there. You probably just think that you're the thoughts in your head. And I was like, okay, this lady's crazy. And then when I fully started like kind of, you know, going with every, all, you know, believing in everything every day, like even before this um, podcast, I, you know, speak to the spirits in my house <laughs> and I say, you know, whoever is here and not serving the highest and best today, please leave. And that's so great. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I would like to call in, you know, and it depends on my day, you know, uh, some, any spirits that can help with good communication with, um, leading with love with, you know, expand, you know, or whatever it is. Yes. And so, and part of me, because I was, you know, for a good 40 plus years of my life, a total non-believer, I, that's still in me, you know? Yeah. So yeah. there's part of me, it's like, okay. The neighbors probably think you're a little nutty. Thank God the kids aren't home today. <laughs> I thought that today. I was yeah, walking out yeah. loud, walking through my house. And with my, and I um, use Palo Santo, which is from ethically sourced from Ecuador. But anyways, so I, whether it's the spirits in my house or whether it is my own doubts and fears that I'm speaking to, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So yeah. it, I actually do believe in past lives and I believe in spirits and I believe in all those things because I just, I don't know, something cracked open when my dad passed away and I just yeah. felt it. But, mm -hmm. and um, I need to talk to my inner self too and all those doubts and those fears and those anxiety. And, you know, sometimes it's good to just speak out loud and say what you want. And yeah. um, there's power in that, especially as women, you know, mm -hmm. we, we yes. oh not to speak out loud very often. So whether you're speaking out loud alone by yourself in your room or, you know, out loud really to, to, you know, groups of people, um, or loud, like on the streets of Paris, just, you know, this is who I am. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like out loud, just like calling out for what I was looking for in life, which was to find love. And I found it in spades, but I in think spades. if I hadn't had that courage mm -hmm. to say, what I truly wanted. And I was always told growing up to be quiet, be small. I mean, I have horrible posture because I was always trying to shrink myself down and it took a long time and yes. I'm still learning that. Like, yeah. how do we not make ourselves smaller? So I, yeah. that was a really 
No, yeah, no, actually, it comes back perfectly to the tarot card I keep pulling, which is the devil who tries to make you small. And so the fact that you literally yeah. are using the words, you've yeah, brought it, yeah. made perfect sense to me. Yeah, it's yeah. important as women. Yeah. We, we, you know. Yeah, and you know, you really kind of answered my next question, but I just want to touch on some of what I heard from you is. This idea, you know, you talked about earlier too, you had a lot of people that were calling you crazy and saying this was a bad idea, but that you really overwhelmingly had support from strangers, from yeah. uh, the yeah. women in Paris, from your sister, from your friends who dropped everything to come with you, um, your dad's blessing. There was so much more good, it sounds like, that came out of this than those few naysayers. Now they're loud. They're always loud, especially yeah. in our heads. But, but yeah. the truth is, and, and I think, you know, there's so many things people could be responding to the, that we're all romantics and we want to search for love. But I really think what people are responding to, and you talked about it in the, the ninja training was, is the courage, the courage yeah. that you, show, to believe in something, to say what you want, to go after it, to be vulnerable, that takes so much courage. And most people are just kind of like, well, I have to live my life. And, you know, they just do yeah. what's in front of them. And that took so much courage that I, I, part of it has to be responding to that. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's so, it was shocking to me because I didn't expect that, nor was I seeing clearly at that time, by the way, because I was just so in it that I didn't even know what I was doing was, that I was doing anything. Like I just was in it. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a yeah, weird yeah. time. And um, even now I'm kind of in that weird time again, where I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm doing, I feel like I'm going to Paris all over again, like bringing this book out because it's very vulnerable yeah. and it takes a lot of like, um, but yeah, there was, I mean, I was on Tinder Paris meeting, you know, I was swiping right on every man that was born that was 50 because that would narrow him down, him down to being born in 1968. And then from there I was kind of screening, like I was doing like Google translate, like, bonjour, like, were you born, you know, on November 2nd, 1968. <laughs> and, and the ones that weren't, they were like, wait, what are you doing? What? I said, I'm sorry. I'm only looking for a man that's born on November 2nd, 1968. I wish you like, I hope you find love, you know, or whatever you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I was really kind to people because yeah. like, that's what we should be, right? They were so nice. I mean, there was a few. They were, <laughs> you're going to find all kinds on Tinder, especially in Tinder yes. Paris, which is like a whole nother thing. But these people that I met were so wonderful and kind. And like, love is love. Like, Bonchant, like keep keep going. Like I wish you all the best. Even if they thought it, you know, faith is faith, and it was so. Yeah, it was so uplifting. Yeah, to know that we're all looking for love or a different or a connection. I think that's what it was—the connection. Yeah, and even when I did targeted advertising, I, in like I was advertising on Facebook and on Instagram, and I went on the radio and I did all these things, and the people, I think, like even the radio station, I remember them being like wait, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm looking for all this. And like, wow. And I think, I don't know, maybe because it was different. Yeah. I, I don't know why it connected yeah. to people, but yeah, I am but still I, friends with these women from Paris who showed up at that bar. It's amazing. Like, yeah. I'm still friends with all, like a bunch of people from Tinder. I'm still friends with a lot of these November 2nds. It's expanded my uh, world. I was 
uh, interviewed by a podcaster or a, a YouTuber, a famous French YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And like a, a lot of, still, she's a wonderful part of my life still. I mean, it's just, it connected me because yeah. it was, yes. mm-hmm. there was something about it that was kind of pure and sweet. You know, yes. I was trying to lead with love. I was trying to you just, were. you know, but yes. so you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, you were brave. I think Corinne's right too, that it just people responded to you being vulnerable and being brave. And I also think you are absolutely right that people are searching for connection and that this was a way yeah. to connect with you. And it's, it, that's yeah. different than just looking for love, um, which listen, yeah. there are a lot of romantics at heart too. And I'm sure that appealed to people as well, but um but there is a line uh, that really jumped out at me, uh, speaking of love, um, in your memoir, you write, just because something ends doesn't mean it wasn't meant to be. And I just oh, yeah. had to ask you about that because I loved that line. Yeah. And so what does it mean to you? Oh, gosh, so many things, I think. You know, I, I think I was kicking myself for things that didn't work out the way they do on the big movie screen, right? Like the perfect marriage, the perfect job, the perfect, you know, second relationship, which, you know, the story really is about my, you know, letting go of my father as he passed away, but it was also letting go of a love story that I had with this man named Philippe who was born on November 2nd, 1968. Mm -hmm. And I, I kept trying to like say goodbye. Like, how do you get rid of, like, how do I stop loving him? You know, how do I move on? Because, and then I realized, wait a second, I'm going to love this person for the rest of my life and probably into the next one and the next one and the next one. I love Philippe. We're not together. And that was our story. And bless him for being so like, (laughs) so supportive of me after reading this book. But I think there's, there's a lot of different love stories that we have in our life, whether it's with friends or with family or with lovers or with, you know, mentors or a stranger, some love stories last a day, you know, and they're beautiful. And, and some last like my parents, you know, an incredibly long time and they're all worth it because love mm-hmm. is worth it. That's the only thing we're here to do. I believe is just mm-hmm. keep on loving, you know? So. Oh, I love yeah. that. I've been trying to convince Kate that, that there's more than one true love. I will not, there are, I have some exes in my life that that relationship is over, but it is so important to me that I will not downgrade them to just, you know, just love that, that, that they were a true love of mine. And just because it's over and I don't want it back doesn't mean that it wasn't capital T, capital L, true love. It doesn't have to go on forever for that. It's true. And it's a hard, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in like I believe in soulmates but I believe yeah. maybe just not one that there might be like you when you, you know when you meet somebody there's certain people that come into our lives where you just feel like you have that knowing yes. um, and I think that comes from somewhere else um, yeah and, and maybe you're on different paths yeah. right this is the path yeah I've my, I'm with my husband I think he is my this life he is my soulmate he is the one that I'm supposed to spend years with but an ex that I met when I was younger, maybe that was the finishing of another life or the start of another right. life that will come on, you know, later yeah. on. But I love thinking about it that way. It's just, I think it's just beautiful. Yeah. yeah love's Why a not? good thing. It's not always easy. Yeah. Letting go of it's not so easy and we all do it differently. And that, this is how I did it, you know? So, mm-hmm. but it has writing this, actually writing this story was really 
healing for my ex-husband and his, you know, his new wife. And I realized, you know, how our story ended and it has brought us so incredibly close. We've got this kind of funky modern family. And I mean, if I had to predict when I started writing this, who my biggest cheerleaders would be in life, it would not be my ex-husband, his new wife, uh, my ex-boyfriend and like all these, like it wouldn't, it just, and they are. And it's so, um, I don't know. It's just so good. It's just so good. And I'm supporting them right back and it's pretty great. And I just, you know, grateful for all of it. I love that. Well, that's all I have. Kate, do you want to? Well, we haven't asked your sign. I mean, we ask all, uh, we can't, I mean, we ask all our authors, like we said, we do have this interest in astrology. Um, what's their sign and do they relate to it? But, you know, uh, we have obviously talked a lot about astrology already, but you, we do still want to hear about your Libra. We know you're a Libra and a Pisces rising. Pisces um, rising, yeah. Le- I, I'm a Leo and with Libra rising, and I, I feel like so many of the, I have so much Leo in my chart. It's, it's very abnormal. Like I'm Leo everything, but except this Libra rising. So I've just attributed everything in my life to being a Leo, but I'm leaning more into this Libra aspect. And you had that part in your book about how I guess Libras are the most romantic uh, of the zodiac. Um, and I did not know that. So maybe, maybe I need to be exploring my Libra side more is what I've been thinking lately. So I love that, that you are that sign. And so do you feel like you relate to it now that you are getting a little more into astrology? Yes. Now that I'm getting a little more into it, I relate to it. I don't understand it, but I certainly relate to it. Um, I'm a Libra with a Pisces rising and my moon is in cancer. Um, I mean, actually I pulled out my chart before we did this just to look at it. It looks like, I mean, it it looks, I'll show you. It looks like gibberish. Like (laughs) to me, it's like a a Pluto power alien, whatever that means. I mean, just so you know, mine is right here. Can you see it's, can you see this? It's always right here. I mean, it's literally right next to me on my desk all the time, but go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) I believe in all of it. I can relate to everything that I've been told and I just continue to devour all these astrology books. I was actually reading Claire Comstock. Gay has a really beautiful book. And uh, it's fascinating to me. I relate to all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and, it's, and what's wonderful about it I, is it's not just putting you into a box. I used to think it was. Like, I'm a Libra. But no. it's, you can't define it by that one thing. So I don't even read a horoscope. That's why I pull the cards instead. Mm-hmm. But it's, we are all of these signs. We mm-hmm. are all, yeah. you know, in some way affected by all of these planets. And so it's really um, fascinating. Yeah, I think people yes. think it's a limiting feature. And we are trying to explain, and you're obviously with us on this, that it is not. It's the opposite of that, really. Yeah, yeah, we all have. And also, elements. it's a starting point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, and it can be a starting point. Just start with your sun sign. That's super easy. If that doesn't you, speak to you, Find out what your rising is. Find out what your moon yeah. is. L- let's go from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. And then call us, and we'll talk to you about it for hours. <laughs> I'll call you when hours. I need advice because I think you might know more about astrology than I do. I'm still just trying to figure it all out. But that's the fun part about it. It's figuring us too. It out. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. we're figuring yes. ourselves out, right? And that's that's it exactly right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, all signs point to Paris is 
out now, will be out now when we uh, publish this. It is a beautiful read. Like I said, you don't need to know anything about astrology. You need to have an open heart and lead with love, and it will crack you open even if you don't. So thank you for joining us, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows, and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Fiction Women or on Twitter at pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love, or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.